All right, welcome back to the Hit Factor. I'm Jeff Cawthon. Here on deck today we have Jeremy Reed and Michael Poggi. 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 All right. So I'm going to let Jeremy further introduce Mr. Poggi and his accomplishments. Uh, so Mr. Poggi is... Is it Poggi or Poggi? <laughs> Poggi. It's Poggi. There's not a lot of other things close, so I just answered all of it. Yeah, okay. it's Poggi. Uh, most people just call him Poggi if they know him. At least that's what I call him. I don't. That's I don't what know. everybody calls me. Yeah, Michael including, sounds weird. Including my wife, unless she's mad at me. <laughs> oh, what's what is your what does she get when you're mad? I get the whole thing. I get the full. I get some middle name action in there too. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that's. I bet that's fun. I know Ashley, so that's uh, she's been mad at me like that before. I don't think she knew my middle name, but it's uh, probably a good thing. She knows so, your birthday. Uh, yeah, exactly. Poji is uh, Poji's one of the best shooters in the nation. Um, I would argue uh, he is a world champion, national champion, multi-time national champion. He's won. Uh, we really only care about USPSA and IPSA here, so. He's won uh, one world shoot title in revolver, uh, and he's got three USPSA titles in revolver and several steel challenge. Uh, and I think he does okay in I Corps too. Um, <laughs> but he is one of the best. He is he is currently the best uh, revolver shooter in the country, um, and probably one of the best that's ever done it with a with a wheel gun. Um, so is that good enough? Poji? Oh, you knocked it out, man. Did I miss anything else? No, I'd um, have just I'd have just said I get lucky sometimes. That's that's probably very true. <laughs> uh, but I guess after a few years in a row that maybe maybe luck's not all of it. Uh so uh first question, Michael or Poji, is how did you get started in USPSA? Well, uh, my version of that's pretty short. You know, I just kind of stumbled into a match. I bought my first handgun right when I turned 21 and I uh, just kind of stumbled into a match. But I, I heard someone ask my old man that question once and he kind of took it way back further than that. He said, uh, he says, as long as he can remember, I've, I've been shooting something. I've been shooting rubber bands or I've been shooting Nerf guns or whatever, whatever I could get my hands on that launched across the room. So uh, I kind of um, have... I've given everything a little sample. I shot a three-position air rifle in school for four years in high school. And then um, when I graduated, I couldn't afford to keep doing that on my own. So I kind of stumbled through shotguns and long guns until I was old enough to own a pistol. And then just kind of walked into a match one day. And I was like, well, this is the gun I carry, so I'm going to give it a shot. And uh, it kind of snowballed. I didn't, so that I didn't expect it to go this far. Most people don't. Mm -hmm. um, so how long before you started uh, into Revolver? Um, I'm I guessing you didn't roll into your first match with a 929. No, no. I rolled into my first match with uh, the gun that we all bought when we were 21 because we don't know any better. I bought the greatest, according to Jeremy Reed, the greatest 1911 that exists. Gosh. Jeff, any guesses? Oh, man. The greatest? Yeah. How about uh, Kimber? I knew that you was a good that. guess. 
That was that a good was guess. guess. No, it was a four hundred dollar Taurus. <laughs> I need a mail it. He claims quality. he put a hundred thousand rounds through that gun without changing anything. And I don't believe him. I don't think his <laughs> round count's accurate, but he says it's true. So I'm gonna mail it to you and you take it apart and tell me what's wrong with it. We need to do that. It, we need to <laughs> we need to get that done. No, I shot a, I just shot a club match, an IDPA match actually for a few years. And this was pre uh like social media taken off with all shooting. So to find another another local match, you'd either had to run into somebody from that local match or find internet version 1.0 of that club's website. And as we all know, even those today are still pretty quiet. I mean, without social media, a lot of these clubs are pretty quiet. Yeah. So what uh what year was that? Um, I probably would have started in uh, 2008. End of 08, I probably walked into a half dozen club matches. Okay. And, and then when did it get serious? Um, I think it was four or five years I shot just at that club match and maybe another local club match. And I almost, I almost was going to give up and I wasn't really interested. I wasn't really having fun. I didn't know there was anything else out there. And, um, I went to my father-in-law's and he just, you know, loaded up the truck with everything. And we went to the range and, and there was a revolver there. And I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. This is something different. So shot that for a little bit. I borrowed that from him. I wound up buying um, a, a, a gun from him. And then uh, my dad talked me into shooting the state match, the IDPA state match. And I really didn't think anything of it. I didn't have the right equipment, you know, totally, total wrong stuff for competing. And I went there and this, uh, this guy had traveled a couple of states and he beat me, which wasn't surprising. I mean, I think I took like next to last. And, uh, but he was, he was just a jerk about winning. You know, he just he just wasn't super nice and it just made me angry and that's really what took off like i was like i'm gonna do whatever it takes to beat that guy and then that just kind of snowballed into i'm gonna do whatever it takes to beat the next guy and the next guy and the next guy and that's kind of it's kind of how it happened so people just made me angry even people that didn't make me angry i convinced myself that they made me angry so that i would just do what it took to beat them so your source of motivation is it comes from a place of anger and hatred. Well, I wouldn't say that, but it's, <laughs> it's what I just said, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what you described. So yeah. have you uh have you I assume you've beaten that guy since then. Oh yeah, and to be honest, he wasn't very good, but I was really bad. I mean, I was like terrible, terrible. It sounds like it. Yeah. Uh I had a Taurus after all. Jeff, what's the worst you've ever done at a match? like an overall finish or like at a state level match like probably not second to last no no state state level match uh single stack you know there's only like you know eight people or something i think third place yeah wow yeah i was like six out of seven revolver shooters or something i mean i wasn't there were seven match. revolver shooters there i I don't know. I've just thrown a number out there. There yeah, wasn't two lot. and there wasn't 20. <laughs> Dang, that almost sounds like nationals. Seven? <laughs> yeah. It's close. It's really close. Uh, so, okay. So so then we, we fast forward and then you go from there uh, and now you've won. You're winning pretty much anything with a, with a revolver that, that exists. Uh, so what does your training look like nowadays? Um, today, 
you know, that's that's one end of the spectrum. And today, I guess, would be the other opposite. Um, You know, today I'm just working on maintaining what I have and fine tuning the things that I feel are weak. You know, uh, um, my reload's pretty strong. My reload's usually really strong, but sometimes I'll see a weakness in it where I can pick up a few hundreds. Or um, steel challenge draw is a big thing, so I'll spend I'll spend a lot of time going and looking for three, four, five hundredths of a second. Yeah. So that's uh, that's kind of what I'm focusing on today. I've kind of let the bigger things slide. I, I, you know, I'm going to hit every A zone at any distance. So I'm not super worried about that. Um, things I notice uh, in myself, I kind of keep a notebook of what I feel is weak from my last my last match or my last practice session or whatever it was. And I'll take that and I'll start working on those specific things. Like I shot a match last month and I wrote down the gun wasn't stable. It just felt like the gun was moving around a lot. So I've been spending a lot of time working on whatever I feel was weakest from my last match. So, so okay, that's usually so, what that looks like. Okay, so you write down the gun's not stable, and you've got you've got two weeks before your next major match. Uh, so then, how are you gonna how are you gonna train to get the gun more stable? I mean, what is that like? I assume there's dry fire in there, live fire. What is that kind of? What do you think that would look like? For me, that's gonna whether I'm shooting an iron sighted gun or a dot gun, I'm gonna pick up a dot gun because that right there is gonna tell me where the gun's moving around more or less, especially in dry fire. You're not okay. going to see the gun move around and dry fire nearly as much with iron sights as with a dot, I don't think. So and, if you were like you're training for a USPSA match in a couple of weeks, you would even pick up one of your one of your OSR revolvers for steel challenge and dry fire with it just as a training aid. Yeah, in dry fire, absolutely would. And I'd switch to ex- extremely small like dry fire targets. And I mean like half an inch size dry fire targets. Like things that are incredibly small, just so I can start to see that dot settle down, and I can focus more on grip pressure where I would need to to get that dot to settle. That's just an example of what I would see in the last match, and bring it into, you know, my my training regimen. That doesn't mean I'm not gonna keep hitting a draw hard or keep working on a reload or transition. Yeah, that's just what I saw from the last match. Yeah. So dry fire daily days you don't shoot. What you what do you normally do with that i usually do dry or live uh once one a day something uh i'm fortunate i'm in a spot where i can live fire a lot um i've got access to both an indoor and an outdoor range the outdoor range is um a bit of a drive but i can easily get to it on weekends and when i really need to i can get to it on weekdays after work too so a bit uh, of a drive we're talking what 45 minutes um Range is an hour north of home and works an hour south. So if I'm going to work and range on the same day, I'm driving four hours. Yeah, and Poji lives in the Pacific Northwest with all the hippies and dippies and all those people. He fits in well up there, which is maybe why he shoots revolver. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, <laughs> so he he yeah. Anyway, so that's that's where he's at. So he gets to deal with a lot of Seattle traffic and that sort. Because right, don't you drive down to Seattle for work? Um, I would technically drive into the northernmost suburban area of seattle oh okay okay so it's i'm north of seattle proper but oh okay by a lot but uh yeah so it's i mean it's a bit of drive if i want to go outside and train but like if i'm getting ready for steel challenge i'm not going to spend a lot of time in an indoor club there's nothing i i'm my time's better spent 
um, dry firing, even if I'm dry firing at home in the yard, you know, working on some hard transitions or small targets, um, that's, that's going to be more useful for me. But if I'm warming up for a USPSA or an i match, you know, I can get an indoor range and still get a lot of trigger time and work on moving the gun hard and pulling the trigger on the way. Yeah. So, so everybody loves this question. Rounds per year that you shoot, you ever keep, you, do you track it? I do. And it really depends on the year. So for example, 2020, I mean, we were going to be pretty spread out. We're going to start the year off with the nationals, right? You and I both were single stack revolver nationals. We're going to be, well, what, three weeks from now, right? Yep. yep. And, uh, so, I mean, we both would have been training really hard. Usually I set up eight to 10 weeks out from a major match. I won't shoot anything else and I'll, and I'll train a lot in yeah. those, uh, in those weeks leading up to it, I mean, I would the the eight to ten weeks out from a nationals, um, I'm probably going to shoot close to thirty to forty percent of my annual. Um, in those eight weeks. In those eight weeks, but now that nationals has been moved, so when is that? September now? Yeah, I think it's like September 9th or something, maybe. So around there. I mean, I'll specifically start training for that beginning of July. And then rather than kind of taper off, I like to taper off, kind of calm down, work, worry about other things in life sometimes between big matches. I'll stay warm between – I got a match. I got that match there. Seal Challenge is at the end of September. Um, there's a big i match the first weekend of November. And then we've got World Shoot a month after that. So I'm basically four weeks to every major match September through December. Yeah. So like this year, I mean, normally if, if you'd asked me three months ago before all this, um, the delays in 2020 happened, how many rounds I was going to shoot this year, I would have said close to a hundred. Yeah. But now that things have slowed down, I mean, I'm, I'd say somewhere between 60 and 80 because the end of the year is just going to be stacked together. Yeah. Yeah. You'll basically ramp up and then try to stay, stay exactly. hot yeah. the whole way through. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, you've shot what? 80,000 rounds in your career. Hmm, maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, I bet I've hit 80,000. That's good. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah. So one thing I've, I've failed to mention about uh, about Poji is that Poji's a little bit unique that he's at the top of the sport, um, but he's he's not what I would call like a sponsored shooter or pro shooter. Like, like he's working a normal job. He works for Boeing. Um, I guess whom I can say that. Uh, well, I work at Boeing. He works at Boeing. Oh, okay. Not, he, you're contracted by them, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're contracted. Um, you know, he's he's working a normal eight to five job, uh, that sort of stuff, and and then still doing this at a complete at an elite level, as well as his other hobbies. He's got like 10, 20 cars that he's working <laughs> on all the time. Uh, it's not that many, but he's got a bunch. Um. And make sure you tell them like Chevys are way better than Fords. Um, they're just Fords are just an inferior product. Um, everybody knows that. Um, but uh, I did want to say that he like he is a normal guy, and he's still finding time to to do all this and and keep Ashley his wife happy most of the time. It sounds like most which of the time. Good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're waiting yeah, no. on kids for him. He doesn't have any kids yet, so we're no. waiting on that. No kids. Right. No, none, none planned. How's that? None planned. There we go. There we, we go. Have, 
We have a niece and a nephew, and that's enough for us right now. (laughs) So, yeah, no, I think uh, for me, I think it's good to have a balance, you know, not not just shooting. Like right now, there's a huge break in our schedule. I mean, I I shot a match um, beginning of last month, assuming that would kind of be my lead in to force me to start training for nationals. And now we have a huge break. So to me, I'm not going to spend, you know, now to July pushing hard just to peak in July when I'm two months from the first match that matters this year. I'm going to spend time right now getting things done around the house so I don't have to worry about them come July. Once once July hits, I don't want to have to worry about the the upgrades we're going to do the house this year or keeping the yard in the shape I wanted. I want to get all that stuff done now and then um, and then be able to load ammo and go to practice. That's all I want to worry about. If I break a gun, I put it aside and I'm not going to deal with it till next year. I don't I don't want to think about any of that stuff. I just want to shoot and load ammo. I don't want to load ammo, but I want to shoot. No one wants to load ammo. No. No, that's good. That's, I like I that, try to uh, stockpile it at the front. I like that philosophy. That's a good one. I yeah, was gonna say, Jeff loves that philosophy because Jeff do. wants to slack off so bad right now. <laughs> Man, I love um, slacking off. Um, yeah, and I'm giving him I'm giving him grief about it. Uh, I don't I don't quite uh, subscribe to to that method, but I'm not a world <laughs> champion, so maybe I. Maybe well, I'm everybody wrong. does it a little bit different, and I think also um, your past, your history has a lot to do about that. I mean, Jeremy, you played an instrument at a at a really high level, right? True, yeah. And and the way that um, the methodology of playing an instrument at that high level is is not only practiced daily, but I mean, how many hours were you practicing a day? Three or four. Yeah, that's that's a lot more than anyone's going to practice shooting, even the even the people at the top of the top of the game, I think, right? Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, and that was and I went at one point, I went over three years without missing a day, um, like it, of 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 practicing in some way. Um, that's that's a lot. That's a that's a long time. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of commitment. Where where my background is, um, I wrestled growing up, and you set yourself up to peak. You set yourself up to be in a not only a prime physical condition, but also a mental place where yeah. you're ready to go on this day. You know, you're you're in a totally different mindset and it's a different way of thinking. Um, and I think I think everyone carries that in as you get older, too, and into the rest of the things in your life. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so that kind of leads my next question. So why do you think you've been able to be successful? Uh, leaning back towards uh, towards that same example, towards sports when I was a kid, Um you know, my dad was our coach and, and basically it was, if, if you want to win, you got to work harder than the next guy. So I'm always scared that the next guy's working harder than me. I'm always scared that someone's got a trick up their sleeve and I got to go to practice and I got to figure out every single thing. If there's a faster way to do anything, I want to know about it. If there's a, if there's a more efficient way to do something, I want to go there and, um, and figure that out ahead of time and know it. Uh, but I'm always, I'm, I'm trying to always learn. I'm trying to always look for something new and it doesn't even have to come from shooting. I mean, there's so many places you can draw it. I mean, you and I were talking about tennis a little earlier. You can look at everyone's different mindset and go, Oh, that, that may or may not work for me, but the only way to know it is to try it. You can't just blindly, uh, think that, Oh, whatever the guy doing shooting is winning. I need to do the same thing. You need to go figure that stuff out for you too. Yeah, I think at any point you you get to if you get to the point where you're just 
trying to keep doing what you've always done, uh, that's usually usually when you're going to start falling off, uh, not not seeing any more gains. Uh, and I do think in our sport, I do think the sport's developing at the point that if you're not getting better, you you probably are falling behind. Like I I think the guys that are winning now, even if it's the same guy, is better than the guy that was winning ten years ago. I think that's the same in all sports. I yeah, mean, but shooting specifically. If you just look at raw data from shooting, I mean, the easiest way to do that, I think, is uh, steel challenge numbers. Sure. You can even go back 10 years and look at steel challenge world records, and the numbers are two, two and a half seconds slower than they are right now. Yeah. I mean, the numbers that uh, are world records right now, people weren't even doing in practice 10 years ago. Yeah. You, you won't even find a single string that fast. And that's that's across all divisions. That's not, that's not just revolver, but... Uh, it's it's just the advancement of the game. It's it's how every sport works, I think. I mean, yeah. every year we see world and Olympic records broken. Mm-hmm. It's not because the people are bred to be faster runners or better swimmers. There's there's science and there's hard work that goes into it. Yeah. So I also think I'm um, I'm really self-critical. Like I can see mistakes in my game that most people wouldn't consider weaknesses. And I don't, I don't just want to put a bandaid over that and hide from it. I want to go, I want to go be really strong at whatever I see my weakness as. So can you give like a current example? Um, well, a month ago I wasn't holding the gun steady enough. (laughs) Yeah. That's, uh, it, it changes. It, it's always a rotating thing. Um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time on a reload for a long time and I got the number really 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 far down there uh in the one threes i've been in the one two shot to shot on a reload and what good does that do you if you throw a one nine behind it i mean i'd rather be able to run a bunch consistent right in the middle of that number than have a mistake somewhere yeah so do you find that like it's almost you talked about like being rotating so you find that uh like you fix something and it's kind of fixed for a while and then you go on, you kind of fix something else. And then a couple months later, maybe a couple practices later, you kind of look back. It's like, Oh, that's gotten slack again. You feel like it's like you have to revisit stuff. Yeah. Some of the, some of the big things, um, it, it would really depend on what game you're specifically talking about. I mean, steel challenge, obviously the big thing there's the, the, um, the draw. Right? Yeah. I mean, you spend a bunch of time nailing a perfect grip and you're going to be doing, you know, draws in the 70s, 80s, 90s on every on every stage in practice. And uh, all of a sudden you don't you don't touch that gun, you don't touch that holster. You're not used to that exact movement for even weeks and you're going to come down on that gun wrong. Yeah. I shot a steel challenge match a month ago and I would say 25 out of the 31 draws I kept were bad. Yeah. So but that right, you, you also like one of your fastest scores in a match ever, too, right? It was, which also tells me that if I spent more time drawing the gun, I could have gone even faster. See, some yeah. I, I some people look at that and be like, "Oh, well, you don't need to worry about it." I look at it as go, "Well, I could have knocked off another two seconds if I'd have hit one or two poor draws rather than hit five or six right." Yeah. So. I'm yeah, always I'm always really self-critical of what I'm doing, which has its ups and its downs. I can go and do what looks like a really good match or really good practice and come away with kind of hanging my head a little bit. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that, so, uh, well, we can come, let's come back to that. Uh, I think that dealing with burnout and that sort of stuff, we can come back to that. We've kind of, we've kind of beat around the bush a little bit in the different sports that you compete in, but, uh, you shoot I-Core, Steel Challenge, and USPSA or IPSA. Uh, if you got to pick one, what are you going with? Steel Challenge. You would shoot nothing but Steel Challenge for the rest of your life. Those eight stages. I find the numbers fascinating. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Jeff doesn't think that's a good one. What do you think, Jeff? Oh, I like that. That's good. I like it. I think you can you can actually compare the differences in the platforms. You can compare the differences in the gun when you take out everything else. You take out the capacity. You take out how physically fast a gun can get around out and load the next one. And you're just down to the platform itself and the shooter, the person. And not only that, there's legacy scores there. I mean, you can look back and see what other people did in the past. You can... And your scores are set there in stone, too. I mean, no one can argue with a number that someone put up at any point if the number's there. In USPSA, the stages are never the same. Yeah. You know, there's this talk of, you know, take take someone in his prime a while back. Uh, you know, let's talk about Rob, Rob Latham. Rob versus Nils. I mean, they shot similar guns their whole, their careers, right? Yeah. And, but you can't compare the two. Steel Challenge, you can't. So, okay, so if if we're comparing people in Steel Challenge, you asked how long it would take in the recording before somebody said Jerry, uh, but we're, I think we're like we're like thirty minutes in or something like that. That's pretty how good. Far are we in, Jeff? That's pretty good. Twenty six minutes. Twenty six minutes. See, we went we went pretty far. Uh, so I mean, yeah. So if you've got, I mean, if you're the best revolver shooter today, the best revolver shooter of all time, almost literally everybody's going to say Jerry Mitchellick. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, and, and he's he's probably earned that, I think. And and yeah, and so then the, the one number that, that you can compare to directly is he shot, what, an 86 in OSR in Steel Challenge? The the official record is an 86. Okay. His, his number lower than that, his, his once-in-a-lifetime number was an 83. Okay. Recorded, recorded in a match. And then your best at, your best at where it would, so... World records can only be set at where? At the World Championships? Yeah, at World Championships, yeah. That's that's the only so so then your best at, at the World Championship is 90? 90 uh 92 flat. So you got you got 6 seconds. Um and then you, so like do you feel the weight of that like like I can't ever be I can't ever really be better than Jerry unless I beat that 86. I mean is that part of what drives you? Um, that's always part of what drives me. I don't think that that's a realistic thing for the sport in general. No, no, but, but uh, yeah, but just you specifically. Absolutely. And it wouldn't so, matter if it was, it wouldn't matter if it was Jerry or whoever it was. It was, it, it's, it's the gun. It's the same eight stages. I want to break. Yes. Yeah, so, so what are, so, <laughs> so what are you going to do to shave almost a second per stage to, to beat that uh, you, think well, you, you think you can yeah and i think i think um for me that that number comes down to dealing with that number 
And I think that's yeah. different for everybody. You and I were talking on the phone about this earlier too. I've, I've easily got what it takes to go lower than that. But yeah. then again, so did he, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, what you're capable of on your own, what you're capable of in practice are two different things. I mean, you can get on anybody's social media that shoots steel and see them turning in insane numbers, you know, with tagged with their sponsors' logos on them oh, yeah. or in practice. I mean, just absolutely ridiculous numbers. Yeah. I mean, that's, then, we were talking about uh, in the previous podcast, I think it'll go out before this one, was was all the Instagram challenges that you go on. You see like all sorts of people putting out just insane stuff. And then you look at match results, like, oh, I thought they were better. Uh, yeah. Based on their based on their Instagram posts. I mean, we've uh, all seen videos of guys doing 50, 60 draws to a silly target, right? A 25-yard piece of steel or just insane numbers, but you've never seen their name on a steel challenge. Yeah. You know? I mean... So then what's so then what what is stopping you from hitting that number? I mean cuz Jerry didn't have that number like to beat, right? Like well, he, he actually set the number. Actually back then he was I don't think he had any interest in uh the revolver number. He was looking for an overall win. Okay. And back then those numbers were going to win you the steel challenge. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that 80 seconds was unbreakable. Yeah. And a bunch of cash got put on it by a bunch of sponsors who wanted to see people push for it. And the yeah. number went from, you know, it wasn't that long ago that an 82 to an 85 was going to win you the SEAL Challenge. And what was it? What did BJ shoot this last year? Uh, BJ, Max, and KC have all been below 80. Yeah. And then uh, KC and Max have been have both been below 75. And then BJ was right above it. And actually, he did it this year with a carry optics gun. He won the match with the carry optics gun. And it was in the low to mid 75s, I think. Yeah. So pretty insane. Do, so, yeah. do you, th I mean, at this point, do you think they've surpassed what a revolver, I mean, can a revolver go 75? Um, because that, I mean, about as likely as an open gun can go 70. <laughs> okay. Or a carry optics gun, I guess. Well, I mean, a carry optics gun will get you down to 75, but scientifically speaking, an open gun's still going to be faster. Trigger, the action, the holster. I mean, the holster makes a difference in SEAL Challenge. Yeah. Even if it's two, three thousandths, it's going to make yeah. a difference. So, so you, don't, you don't see yourself being able to compete for the overall with the revolver? I, I personally don't see me pushing for that. Yeah, that's a pretty, it's a pretty intense number. Anybody who shot Seal Challenge knows that, even with a rimfire gun, seventy-five is a pretty solid number. Seems like it. Seems yeah. like it would be. I mean, there's only there's like three guys in the world that that can do that. There's three guys in the world that have broken eighty. Think about that. Yeah. Like. Okay, so then back to back to the question: How are you gonna How are you gonna beat How are you gonna break eighty-six? Uh, for me, it's not the skills. I've got what it takes to do it. It's just keeping my head screwed on straight. So I, there's a book out. I don't know if you've if you've heard about it. Uh, Match Mentality by Ben Steger and and uh, Joel uh, Joel Park. Uh, that might can that might be your breakthrough right there. I've heard of Joel. I think he's pretty good. But who's the other guy? <laughs> I don't know. He used to shoot a Beretta. Is all I know about him. Oh yeah, yeah. Which yeah can't 
can't be very good if you shot a Beretta. <laughs> no, uh, actually, um, that's kind of been the biggest part of my game. I mean, everyone asks what your training regimen is, how many rounds you shoot a year. But to be honest, 90% of my game, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same for a lot of other people in my position, um, is spending the majority of your training in, with the psychological game in mind. I mean, you and I yeah. have talked about this extensively. Um, but since, since about the world shoot, uh, 2017, so we're coming up on three years this summer, I would say that the majority of my practice focuses on that. I mean, I might go into practice going, okay, I want to work on transitions sub 20. I want to work on keeping the gun more steady. So I'll shoot, you know, six inch plates at 30 or 40, but the whole time it's all about giving myself the confidence to move that gun between targets in a seven with a 17 or 18 transition, or it's having the confidence to pull the, pull the trigger on the gun when it comes out of the holster on that plate at that speed. And that's really yeah. what I think this whole thing comes down to is there's a lot of people that are capable of these numbers, but it's whether or not you're mentally, you can handle that and take it all the way to the top. Yeah. Oh, I look forward to, uh, Seeing what you do at Steel Challenge this year, I expect uh, 85 or so. So uh, don't don't let me down. Yeah. Just I, if I can add a little extra pressure. I mean, it's you know the whole Jerry thing is that's one thing, but letting me down would be that'd be real disappointing for you. I know. That uh, would be sad. That'd be sad. I feel bad if that happens for you. It would be. Yeah. Uh, you should. No, there's feel no bad. there's no pressure anybody can put on me that I don't already put on myself. Yeah, that's probably true. I accepted, I accepted that about myself a long time ago. Yeah. So I got a question. Do you feel the same pressure, like, no matter which event you're at, like it's UP, uh, USPSA or IPSC or I-Corps or Steel Challenge? Is, is it the like the same mental pressure, or do you feel more in one one sport or the other? It's a good um, if I'm at like USPSA Nationals or the World Shoot or the uh, ICO World Championships is called the IRC, um, you know, there's there's people there that it, there's a serious competition. It's not that uncommon in Revolver to not be able to have some pretty serious competition, as you guys would imagine, as single stack shooters, right? <laughs> I mean, no, we got tons of shooters compared oh, to yeah. Revolver. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, if I'm at an area match or an I, I core regional match, similar to a USPSA area match, I, you know, at the, at a certain point in the game, you know, who's who, right. And I'm not going to feel a lot of pressure if the guys that can't challenge me are there, I'm just going to have fun and hang out with friends and really enjoy my time. But, um, USPSA nationals, the IRC, world shoot and even if i'm by myself at the steel challenge there's already a number there right like we were just right. talking about i feel the same pressure i feel the exact same level there's there's not one that's better than the other so jeff so i got that same question for you jeff like if like if you're at matches like you go to nationals or area match or locals like do you feel different levels of pressure or what Oh, me? Yeah, for sure. It's like locals are just like like practice for you. They don't, you don't feel nothing? Uh, I don't feel much at locals. 
Yeah, I don't feel much. It's it's usually yeah, it's like a practice, you know. It's locals is where I'm, you know, I'm shooting more aggressively, I guess. Yeah. And those nerves aren't there. Like, nerves really slow me down. You know. Yeah. It's hard to put. It's hard for me to push past that. But this was my first nationals, and that was some crippling pressure. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Yeah, and I was on the first day, on the first stage, I was the first shooter. I was like, daggum, that's some pressure. (laughs) Jeff, do you, at your club matches, are are you just running away with it? I mean, you're shooting a low-cap division, right? You single stack most of the time? Yeah. I mean, and you're you're not winning club matches, assuming there's anyone there that can figure out which way... uh, gun with capacity goes which which end goes toward the target but yeah. you know is there any competition at your club level for you or are you just no, kind of your own benchmark yeah no well i'm trying not to offend somebody let me let me make sure <laughs> it's okay he doesn't listen anyway <laughs> not now usually i'm chasing the the dot guns that's yeah that's kind of my only metric there's nobody shooting an iron side gun that I can compare with. So, I mean, kind of by the same margin that I was measuring it with, there's not pressure there for you. Yeah. So you're going in there with a different mindset, right? Yeah, it's just kind of a practice mindset. I'll try try risky stuff. Uh, yeah, sometimes, you know, I've, I've done it before at – at those matches, there'll be like a six-inch plate, you know, like you're saying, 30 or 40 yards. And you can go up and shoot it at 20 yards, but, you know, pretty much just for the hell of it, try to shoot it from 40 <laughs> instead of running up there. Of course that's, you do. That's the kind of stuff that I'll try at those matches. Just like, yeah. But, so uh, that that pressure that you felt at Nationals, like those nerves, would it – would I would it surprise you if it if I told you it does nothing but get worse? Uh, I don't think it would surprise me, but I don't know. I don't believe you, so I I don't think it'll get worse. What do you mean it gets worse, Jeremy? So, uh, the longer you're in the sport, the more you put into it, the more pressure you have to perform. Like, yeah, I can like the see more that. effort you put into this sport, uh, now maybe, maybe I mean Jeff, I mean you can, you compete hard, but you have fairly limited resources, um, so it's you're you're kind of more in the vein like, hey, let's see what happens. Is that I mean, am I being fair to you? Like it's it, yeah, it's kind of like I I put in what I can put in. Let's just see what happens. I mean, it's it's yeah. Um, yeah so you, but, you may be from that standpoint, yeah. you may be in a somewhat enviable position of of you can kind of let it hang out. A little bit more yeah i don't know we'll we'll see we'll have this conversation again after september and i'll okay. let you know if it was worse i can't imagine it could be worse <laughs> i think i think it's the same or worse you just start getting cold to it yeah, yeah you just you, start you, you just get used to it yeah you just know you're gonna get on a plane you're gonna go somewhere you're gonna walk around you're gonna say hi to some people and when you walk out there that next morning you just know it's coming now. That's all it is. Right. Yeah. 
You just okay. know you're you just know you're not gonna sleep. You're not gonna be hungry. Oh, dude, you know? I slept. I slept so hard the night the night before nationals. Did you? <laughs> because I uh, so I booked my flight way too early, and I slept two hours, and then I drove to the airport and flew to Florida, and I was up for twenty two hours, and then went to bed. And Nationals was the next day. So, yeah, I, I slept. If you want to sleep, just don't sleep for a long time. Don't sleep the day before. That's a good That's that's a good tip. Seems Hot like a good plan. Gotham right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little I'm a little different. Like, locals for me, actually, I feel more pressure at locals than I do, like, normal level twos, like area matches or anything like that. Um, and it's not because there's any... I don't think I even offend anybody. There's not, there's not like any real heat. Like there's uh, at a at a local match, even if I'm shooting single stack, like the expectation is that I win. Um, but there's also like, like most people on the locals, like they're just chatting with friends or whatever. They're hanging out and then they shoot and they don't really pay attention to other people shooting. And whether this is true or not, I feel like whenever I go up to to my stage to shoot at locals, uh, it's everybody's watching everybody's expecting something something really cool uh and it's usually not really cool <laughs> it doesn't uh, it's usually a pretty disappointing uh, but at least that's 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 my sense of it so i feel quite a bit of pressure at locals even when i only have like 10 people there um for the match uh, no the the pressure at nationals is it has not gotten better for me over the years um you know, this was, I think, the, this is the first year I was on at, for USPSA now. It's the first year to be, like, on a, like on a super squad. Uh, and that gets a little bit, that's a little different, too. Because um, a lot of times if you're at Nationals and, and you're, like, a Jeff, uh, well, you had you had some really good shooters on your squad this year, too, Jeff. But sometimes you're at Nationals and, and you're a shooter. Uh, and it's, you're not, you're not seeing guys throw down, like, killer killer runs every right everywhere left and right around you and you're like oh god these guys are really good uh i don't know if i'm as good as these guys are and you know you start those questions start going through your mind um and so that's just that's kind of interesting uh the, the biggest pressure it was really actually i didn't expect this i mean i expected to feel pressure at the world shoot but like after the first day of the world shoot like just walking walking around and like talking to other shooters even like guys that ended up winning and stuff like people were tanking that first day like just the pressure got like it got to everybody uh like even even i mean poji would i mean poji won revolver and i think you'd agree like like that first day at the world shoot like it's just everybody tanks uh yeah it's it's pretty it's crazy i tanked on a whole nother level of tanking i took more misses uh the first day of world shoot than i've taken in like i know i shot more misses that day than i've taken since that match in majors Nice. And that's it, crazy. I, I just stood there. I mean, I missed a prone like three yard target. Mm. And I was like, what is going on here? I think that's how everybody felt. It was just yeah. like, what? Like, what did I just travel all the way around the world to do? Like, like, why am I so terrible? Uh, so it's but that's honestly like that's kind of what we live. For. I think I think the guys that are trying to win, that's a little bit what they live for is trying to. Like trying to figure that out, because yeah, you can train your draws, your reloads, your transitions, your footwork. You can train all that, 
um, you can't really train world shoot pressure. Uh, and so like, it's really kind of that if you put your skills under that type of microscope, uh, they hold up or will they break down? Um, and so I, I think that's kind of a, that's a really cool part about our sport that, that is fun to, to try and figure out. Yeah. I, I uh, experienced some of the same stuff. Um, I don't shoot a lot of club matches. They just, uh, they just don't really work in my schedule, but, yeah. uh, same thing, you know, I, everyone's talking, everything's normal. I get up there, I make ready. I, you know, I've usually got music on, which is, uh, something else I think that's usually pretty unique. I don't see a lot of people shooting with music. Um, but all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, about the time my gun gets loaded and goes in the holster, it kind of gets quiet. And it's, I've turned around a couple of times to see what's going on back there because I thought something was wrong, but same thing, you know, everyone's expecting magic. And I'm like, guys, I'm, I'm just going to try to shoot two in the middle. Like there's, there's no magic here. Yeah. But they, but you're world champion. It well, better you, be magic. You feel you feel that pressure, right? Like you were talking about. Even yeah. Even if uh, you know you're you're still going to take, you know you're going to be beat on that stage by a dozen guys with open guns or PCCs or something, limited guns. You're still you still feel that pressure of um, everyone's watching to see something. I'm not sure what it is, but yeah. This guys, this guy's supposed to be good with a revolver. Let's see what. Let's see how old those revolvers are. Yeah. So that, I guess, that I guess that's why uh, I guess that's why I'm not GM. I don't, I don't get that same treatment. The the you're gonna magical be, the magical treatment where everybody gets gets quiet and you're gonna be podcast famous. You're gonna be podcast famous. It's true. No, He's people just that. make people just make fun of you for having a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's true too. But I mean, part of that, like Jeff, like you're you're in what you're for. You you just shot your first nationals. You came in twelfth. Uh, you start keep winning matches like you are, and keep placing that well at nationals, and and then people will know who you are. And it'll it'll it's right. gonna come. Right. Maybe you just, just tell people about me, Jeremy. I will. Next time I'll you're start. on the super squad, ne- yeah. Next time you're on the super squad, just, just hey, you guys heard of you guys heard of Jeff. Jeff Cotton? Yeah. He's an M class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pass out notes, well, Jeremy. Give Robbie a note that just says Jeff's name on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's actually that's your problem. If you had a GM in front of your name, then you would feel the pressure. Yeah, okay. So if as long as you just keep that M and you won't feel none of the pressure. That's why it's Noted. that's why it's yeah. Okay, so now we're starting to get into some real interesting questions. Uh, why revolver? Why not shoot other divisions? Um, why not? I mean, you I shoot. Answer a question with a question. <laughs> well, it's just the division that I find interesting. I mean, why? Why? Why are you shooting single stack? Because I build single stacks. Well, that's a pretty good answer. Okay. Jeff, if you tell me you build single stacks, I'm going to be pretty upset right now. <laughs> no, uh, I don't. Good. Mine was far less interesting. I just like, I had a buddy that had a single stack and it was way more accurate than uh, my carry gun. So I was like, man, I need one of those. So yeah. I bought one and then I shot it 
started <laughs> I started shooting uh, USPSA. I was like, hey, there's a division I can shoot this gun in. Yeah, so I think mine, kind of like you were uh, giving me a hard time about Fords before, Jeremy, it's kind of the same thing. I kind of uh, started with a revolver. I kind of took it a little further than I thought I was going to go, and I go, look, I kind of dug myself a hole now. Yeah. I didn't rec- I didn't start thinking of myself as the revolver guy until recently. I just, you know, I'm into shooting. And then it was, oh, I'm into handguns. And it's just, it's more recently become like, oh, this is my thing. And I am not showing myself any signs of leaving it anytime soon. I mean, it's kind of like cars. I didn't mean to wind up with, you know, three Fords. But once you get a bunch of parts for them and you kind of know how they work and, oh, well, sure is easy to do another one. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, I hear that. But I, you know, I, I, I don't, I, I would say it's been in the last year, year and a half that I've left oh, I'm really into handguns too. Oh, I'm really committed to revolvers now, which would probably seem pretty late. Yeah. So yeah, it, does, it has never... After your world shoot. Has yeah. it ever bothered you that there's like not a ton of people in revolver? Um, No, because I don't shoot a ton of matches where there aren't the top guys. Okay. You know, I'm looking somewhere 10 or less major matches a year. They're all majors. I might shoot one or two club matches, um, you know, in the season. Uh, I'll go shoot some club matches outside of the season, you know, after nationals, before I start training for the new year. But usually, to be honest, I'll shoot carry gear. I'll shoot whatever gun I'm carrying or, you know, it's not always a competition revolver. Um, I also, I personally think that's a really good way to test your carry gear. And if you're serious about carrying, you really need to test that equipment. Um, Do you carry a revolver? Pretty rarely, you know, I carry a J-frame in the summer when I'm in shorts and it's the best option to drop it in your pocket or have a small holster on. But the rest of the time, you know, Glock 19 or Glock 30, those are really the two guns that I carry a lot. And to be honest, outside of a revolver, those are the two guns that get shot the most too. Um, That's sad. When uh, when you were like... Shooting Glocks, it's terrible. <laughs> when you were... Uh, a little say lower in the sport and you were you were picking that next guy to 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 beat um did you ever choose matches specifically to do that like major matches yeah it's really tough to get all the guys you know it's tough to get the top 10 or even the top five to all be in the same match in the same division you really in revolver you're only going to find that at nationals and it used to be at Steel Challenge. Steel Challenge has slowed down a little bit the last couple of years with the top revolver guys showing up. But in I-Corps, there's there used to be three. Now there's four divisions. You know, your top four or five guys are going to split up across those four divisions now. So it's it's yeah. getting a little bit more tough. But um, U.S. Nationals is really the place to do that. And then, of course, the world shoot, that wasn't even – that was a totally different set of – Stress level, though, like Jeremy was talking about. Yeah. As a whole nother level. You got guys you never shot against before. You don't know anyone's technique. You're shooting a new game. There's no matches like World Shoots in the U.S. to train for. At the World Shoot, do you guys know, like, who the international heat is? Um, yes and no. I mean, somebody can come out swinging. In theory, I came out swinging at the 17 World Shoot. 
You know, nobody. Yeah, I was nobody pretty new. I won the 17 U.S. Nationals, but to the international guys, you know, I, I, uh, I'd never shot with any of them. I'd never met them face to face. So you know, they. I, I mean, I think in that case, I was, but you know, the U.S. is really the center of shooting. Yeah. If you're if you're a U.S. national contender. Or if you're a world shoot contender coming from another country and you're not doing research who's on the U.S. team, I think you're making a mistake. Right. So. I was just wondering if you guys knew who was coming from other countries. That, yeah. That was like the heat from other yeah. countries. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, Jeremy, you can speak to single stack, but I think that that is going to happen in every division. But where? Yeah, do you- pretty well. Where do you usually um, finish at single stack nationals, Jeremy? Top five? No, I haven't been. I was sixth this year. Uh, that's my best finish. I was eighth or ninth the year before, uh, so it hadn't been top five yet. That's that's and next you, on the list to cross off. But and you finished where at World Shoot fifth? I was fifth at the last World Shoot and sixth at the 2014. So um, Jeff, that gives you a good example of yeah. you know how strong the U.S. field really is. And single stack is considered a pretty small division, right? I mean, that uh, gives... everywhere except nationals. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but nationals I'm saying usually ends up being pretty deep. But yeah, single stack nationals usually depends on when the match is and what's going on around it. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, that... when it was when it was in May, it was probably the one of the deepest nationals that there was. Yeah. Oh, I it think was... it it absolutely was, and especially like 2012, 13, 14. I mean, it was insanely yeah. deep because it was yeah. months from anything else. There were a lot more people shooting for major manufacturers. It was a really, really deep field. I mean, there were guys shooting those matches that you've never seen shooting iron sights in another match. Right. Yeah, so. it was It was super competitive then. Um, yeah. And, yeah, and definitely the world shoot. Like, if it's your first – like, my first world shooter, I had no idea who the international people were. Like, I got a slot, like, real late. Um, cause I just got it. I wasn't on a team. I just got a slot and it's just like, Oh, okay. That's cool. I just showed up and it was in Florida. So I didn't have to travel the one in France. I was, I was, I knew somewhat, but not so much. But then after France, after shooting on the U S team, uh, cause then you're shooting, if you're on the U S team, then you're shooting with the, the two, two of the other teams that were in the top three teams or top. Yeah. The top three teams, um, from the previous world shoot. So you kind of get to know those guys that were, that were good uh, the year before or the, the previous world shoots, you kind of get to know them and then, and then you kind of know people at that point. Um, And so, yeah, definitely for this, this year's or whenever the world shoot is, who knows, uh, you know, you kind of have your eye on, you kind of know who the, who the top guys are. And you kind of watch like, like extreme Euro uh, matches like that, where the top European shooters are showing up for, um, there's a lot of good shooters in the Philippines, um, and you kind of watch them and see where they're, you know, like the Magnus Cup. There was an extreme Pan Am. Was it Pan Am? or You know, extreme Australasian this year. Uh, and you kind of see where those guys plays. Uh, and so you definitely kind of know know who's bringing the heat at those points. Which I don't – I think it's good, and it, it's good and bad uh, knowing, knowing who the heat is, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it is. I think the game today is far enough along that you can't just come out of the blue and win a big match. You're not just going to be, you know, you're not just going to be able to train as hard as you can imagine and walk in and win a USPSA Nationals. I mean, even if someone could develop the, the physical skills to do it, 
the pressure's too high. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. That's, there was a, I know there's a shooter for the 2017 World Shoot. He was a young shooter, really talented. Uh, I don't even remember what division he shot, but he he seriously thought he was going in and going to win that match. Like he he thought going, I'm going to go win this match. I know a couple um, people in 17 that thought that way. And and they and they didn't get close. Yeah. I mean, it it was like it it they weren't even they weren't really even in contention. Um, yeah. And that I think that that was their first world shoot. Like they just didn't have the experience. Um, not to say that somebody's not gonna. I mean, Elias that 2017 in single in classic, that was his first world shoot. But again, yeah, single yeah, stack, it was a little was, different than the bigger divisions. It was mine too. And when I walked out day one, I, I left with two pages of notes. And that's not like me. You know, usually I leave with one, maybe two lines from something. I w- and yeah. I had to do some cramming really fast, and I had to change my mindset to come back for days two through five to make a difference there because I knew I had the skills, but the the pressure was just a totally another a whole another level. And the guys that took second and third, I think they shot a clean match. I think they shot thirty stages with no penalties. You know, they they both been crazy. there three four times. They're both extremely experienced shooters. Uh, they they knew exactly what was going on. They were rock steady the whole time. Yeah, that's. That's impressive at at that level of match. Uh, but yeah. that also shows what you, what you had to do to be able to to overcome them. Um, you kind of had to hang it out there. So, so do you? Just going back a little bit to our question on on other divisions. Do you feel? Do you like why not? Like right now, you, you we we talked earlier that you're really not training hard right now. So why not just pick up a a different gun right now just to shoot something different just for the heck of it? I mean, it interests me. But at the same time, it doesn't. I mean, I know how much work it took me to get to this to this level in this division. And I know pretty much right where I'd be if I picked up a production gun or limited gun. I, I kind of know right where I would sit. And I know that where I wouldn't that? be. I, I would think 80 to 85 percent. And I and I instantly just would be like, I'm not happy with that. And then so you I don't would, think you could you don't think you could just pick it up and do it and then put it back down again. Nope. I think I would go down a rabbit hole and I'd make a whole new list of people and I know better. I know what it took for three years and I know what it took at home. I know what it took on me, what it took on the wife. I know what it took. And I don't know if at this point in life I want to do that. So I want everybody to email Poji, like because <laughs> it is my mission to get him to shoot, like compete in a different division. Uh and because I, I, I legitly think, like if you're listing the top ten shooters in the in the U.S., we've we've done this uh, in our in our private chat before. Like who it is, I would put Poji in my top ten uh, of action pistol shooters. But I can't legitimize that if he doesn't shoot another division. <laughs> um, and so I I want to see him shoot another division. Poji and I have a we have discussed and we haven't made it happen yet that both of us are going to get a carry optics gun. And show up to a match, and we'll go head to head in carry optics, carry optics division. Uh, which he's got more, he's got more experience with a dot. I've never shot a dot. Um, obviously, a reloading and loading a, an auto, which carry optics, you don't have to load that but, much. But you have more experience with everything else. Is that where this is going? <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, you said you shoot your Glocks in local matches, so it's same, 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 yeah. basically, right? Yeah. Uh, but it, I, I mean, so I mean, that would just be kind of a fun thing that that maybe we'll do sometime. But uh, 
I would like to see what you do in other divisions. I think you would finish higher than 80%. Like, say you picked up maybe open. Um, it opens opens such a different speed than revolver. I mean, that, that would be a tough transition, I think. But um, production or you know, something I've, like that. I've messed around with um, really good guns locally. Uh, you know, uh-huh. every every production gun that if you were going to go out and go, I'm going to shoot production, you know, the four or five guns that everyone would want to buy if they could afford to and see which one's the best for them. Um, limited guns, open guns. I've messed around with all of them and I've shot some stages and I'm, you know, really close to the same level, the speed wise as our local GMs. And even I was kind of surprised about that. I was like, all right, well, I shot this in 22. The GM shot it in like 13 and a half, 14. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to shoot the time. And then we'll just see what the hits look like. Um, and so that's kind of instantly where my mind went. And I was, you know, I was right in the same time area the hits the hits weren't exactly right because you know totally different yeah everything everything. right but um yeah i know i i'm worried about going down that rabbit hole again and i know what it took and i know the level of pounding my head against the wall for nights on end to perfect what i thought was needed to shoot that division and win at it I still think you need to pick up a production gun because I think you can still win revolver <laughs> and shoot production for half the year. I uh, think if and... I think if I was going to pick anything else, that would be a production gun. I think production's the closest thing. Yeah. To uh, what I'm doing right now. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and I'd like to see what you do against Ben. Maybe you can be the guy to beat Ben. Oh man, I don't know. There's some deep heat in production. Even you know, even you take the two, three guys that are going to run away with it and you go look at the next five to seven guys, there's some really, really strong people there. Yeah, I think you'd be in that mix, though. Uh, or I think you could be if you put some time in on it. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you think so highly of me. I'll keep picking on you and make you do it. Uh, okay, so then this is, I think this is my last question. Um, but this is, you know, the question comes up is like, there's too many, everybody agrees there's too many divisions in USPSA. Every, even like, even I agree there's too many divisions in USPSA. Okay, so Poggi agrees that there's too many divisions in, in USPSA. I think universally people would get rid of L10. Um, like that's that's 100% universal. The next universal division that people kill is Revolver. Like that's that's the next one that people get rid of. So we got the Revolver guy here. Uh, he's, now he's 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 professed that he's the Revolver guy. Uh, why? <laughs> a, why? A revolver guy. Oh, a revolver guy. I'm there sorry. Go. I'm sorry. There you go. Uh, why should we keep revolver as a division? Well, first of all, let's let's not completely hate on L10. We don't hate the people that shoot L10. It's no, just the that division the gun is just dumb. It's just that the gun fits in other places, right? Yeah. I mean, what are the guns that get shot there? Single stack guns with ten round mags. Single stacks and and limited guns. Limited guns with just ten, 10 rounds, rounds in the magazine. Yeah. Or, I guess, I mean, what's what else is there? You go to a club match and you're going to see a guy with a XD forty five, where the mag would only hold fourteen, and his buddy goes, ah, put ten in it, shoot it in L ten. Yeah, maybe. I mean, the L ten is just L ten's dumb. It just needs to go. Uh, <laughs> it's nobody completely shoots. pointless. It is. Uh, I mean, like, if it if it had legitimacy, you'd have an open ten and a PCC ten, and right. right? I mean, yeah, it's no, it's it's pointless. It can yeah. go away. So where does revolver go? 
uh, if we're making the, the argument of if we're making the argument of just uh, the division going away simply because it's competitive somewhere else. Uh, well, yeah, but I, I mean, like Revolver, like they've got their own sport. Like you've got Icor, there's nothing but Revolver. So why not just okay? If you want to shoot revolvers, then shoot an Icor and still challenge it. We can keep it and still challenge. That's fine. Uh, still challenge can literally have as many divisions as it wants. It doesn't really matter there. I don't got think. so many divisions right now. It's insane. So uh, but thirty-two point three or something. It's insane. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But so why <laughs> but why why keep it in why keep it in USPSA? Well, I, I just think that the platform doesn't have another place to go. I mean it's not competitive in any other division. Well, neither is an XD forty five. Well, sure it is. It's it's competitive. You know it is, Jeremy. I've seen you out there eyeing the Springfield catalog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that when Rob quits, uh, they'll pick me up to take. I'll take over Rob's spot. Oh, that'd I'll be so great! Knock the rear sight out and put a plate on there for a um, carry optics gun. Yeah, that's, that'd be great. That's. Revol- Revolver is unique. It, c- it can't be replaced by anything. I mean, if the argument is to get rid of it because of capacity or be- because of the amount of people who shoot it, well, at some point or another, every division has been like that, right? Every division has had poor attendance. I mean, I know it sounds crazy to say right now, but it was two, three years ago that Revolver had more shooters in it than Carry Optics and PCC at Nationals. Well, they were in their, like, maybe their very first year, maybe. Like, yeah. But I mean, I mean that's you can't say that some, the division's been there for thirty years, and that's adverse. Well, let's look at Car- its very first year. Let's look at carry optics. I mean, for a long time, open was the only division with a dot, and we saw a lot of people going to that just strictly because they wanted to have the dot, right? Yeah. Are we going to see more people not going to open now because uh, you have other options to shoot a dot in? Other options that cost one tenth the price, right? Oh, for sure, but there'll be there'll be more people shooting open than shoot revolver. Well, probably, but are we just getting? Well, there's no probably about it. Yeah. Like, we we know that's going to be the case. <laughs> are we just discussing it based on participation? Uh, a little bit. Okay, so I'll take it from another another position. Uh, how many USPSA matches did you shoot last year? Oh. Two. Majors. Two. Majors, just nationals. Yeah, so, okay, why not? Well, f- for me, it's the level of competition. I have no interest in shooting matches that aren't stacked with competition, for me. And it, there could be there could be 70 people there, but I'm probably not going to attend the match if I don't feel like there's someone there that can compete with me. I mean, there was just a... There was just a match there back is in no February. Competition. Did what? There was a match back in February that I can't remember the number. It had 40 or 50 revolvers in it, but I wasn't really interested in attending. A USPSA match? Yeah. Was it, it was revolver a, only? No, it was single stack and revolver. You guys were included too. Oh, okay. That's more than we're in. Yeah, so you have a match where there's only two divisions there. Like, okay, well, I guess if I want to compete, I'll shoot a revolver. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I get 
it's, the pool is so shallow that even at May, um, you don't have you don't have good shooters or revolver to shoot against. And that's sometimes the case in the other divisions. Not all the divisions are always competitive, but it's pretty rare that you don't have have top level guys to compete at 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 least area matches. But, uh, revolver, the the national champion, only shoots the nationals. Are do you, how many matches are you shooting, Jeremy? That you're traveling to. Um, that you know for a fact don't have any competition for you. Like for a fact, I mean, you look at a sign-up and for a fact you're you're not going to have any competition. I mean, you could shoot the whole match, your worst match ever, and you have to fly to that match. Well, I don't – I drive. Uh, it's pretty rare that I fly to matches. That's like, because – it's To me, if it's – if it's inside 16 hours, that's an easy drive, so I'll drive it. Uh, so, so I don't like I fly to Florida because uh, it's like a 20. The last time I drove that, it was 22 hours away, and my wife went into labor with my son. Um, and so I, uh, I had to, had to, that was a long drive back. Yeah, we were shoving you uh, so out Florida's the door. about, yeah, uh, Florida is about the only place I, I fly to. So, I, but, um, I mean, that's I mean, kind of where I am. Year... I'm, I'm kind of in a unique spot up here in the corner of the country where there's not any competition for me within driving distance. And that's yeah. really hard for me. And, I mean, I know it's a lot different in back east and especially kind of the northeast. I mean, you can drive, you know, you don't need to drive 16 hours um, and you can hit a half dozen state matches. Yeah. I mean, I'm 250 miles from getting out of my state. I mean, I can drive 12 hours and not leave my state, but I mean, yeah. that's just because Texas, Texas, and it's but you know what I'm saying. And I mean, better, and everybody year, loves Texas. This year, there will be one um, area match in my state. Area one will be local, 100 miles away, and it was the last time it was in Washington. I shot. I think it was four or five hours drive, uh, but since then, I mean, we're talking like. 20 hour drive for me to go shoot an area match where there's no one, you know, and to be honest, I mean, you say you'll drive 16 hours, but I don't think you're working the, you know, six to six job. Like some of us are. That's true. I have, I have a lot more freedom in that, from that standpoint. Um, you know, as far as your question, I mean, like, uh, honestly, a lot of the, a lot of the matches I go to, unless Jeff's there, uh, then I, like I'm, I'm. I mean, this sounds arrogant, and uh, it probably is, is a bit and probably undeserved. But I'm probably the guy to beat in single stack, um, in the the local two matches uh, that I shoot. But um, I don't. I also have production. I compare just straight across to production, so I don't necessarily care who shows up in single stack. Uh, and a little bit for me, it's it's one of those deals. I like the division. I want single stack to to try to remain relevant. And so if I don't, I feel like if I don't shoot those matches and stay in single stack, uh, then then the the division lose a little bit of relevancy whenever you whenever you pull another GM out of the division. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's kind of why I that's why I do shoot them is to try and keep the division somewhat relevant. That's why I, I really am pushing for Jeff to not explore other divisions. I want him to stay <laughs> in single stack. Which means I've got to keep beating him because as soon as he beats me, he's like, okay, who's the next guy? Yeah. And he's going to another division. He's uh, jumping. So he's going to jump straight to PCC. 
he's from Oklahoma and he's 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 pretty he's somewhat related to the Tiger King, so PCC makes sense for him. Oh clarification, my gosh. clarification. <laughs> there's no relation <laughs> to me and the Tiger King. I don't know. He seems like an uncle. He's pretty close to you, right? Like 30 minutes away? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not close. He's in prison. <laughs> well, yeah, but within a couple of years, it was like 2018. He ran- you voted for him for president, didn't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I figured. I figured. I mean, he got 20% of the vote for governor. <laughs> in the state, in, the, in state of Oklahoma. Yes. Oh, that's so good right now. That's so good. Which candidate do you think was like, oh, man, he stole my votes? <laughs> so another another thing that I think makes a revolver hard. Uh, Jeremy, when did you start shooting? Uh, like, um, well, even like area level matches. When did you start leaving your club match? What year? Uh, Rich just posted, Rich Wolf, a uh, good friend of ours, just posted a uh, picture from the um, the 2011 Area 2 uh, in uh, in Arizona. And we shot on that. That was the first time. That was my, I think, that was one of my, that may have been like my second major match or something like that. It was, okay. I may have shot double tap before that, but that was, that was super early on. Jeff, so, when did around, you start? Around 11. Jeff, when did you start? Uh, it was I can't remember if it was early seventeen or sixteen. Now, oh no, this is perfect. So Jeremy remembers um, back when we would get results. First of all, not instantly. Sometimes yeah. it would take days. The club match that I shot for a while, they'd mail them to you if you brought a self-addressed stamped envelope, and you'd get them two weeks later in the mail. <laughs> but like Jeff doesn't know a time before practice score combined button existed. Yeah. yeah. And so Jeff, I mean, you've been logging into practice score. You're the entire time you've been here and you don't, you don't go necessarily to single sec. You just go straight and you click combined, right? Yeah. That didn't exist years ago. You know, even, even like limited and open shooters. Oh, the, did the limited GM beat the open M that, that wasn't a thing. You know, now you got guys coming straight into the game right off the street with their XD in limited 10 and they shoot two, three matches and they go, Hey, where are the results posted? And you tell them or you show them on your phone and they pull it up on the website and they, they just click combined and they go, Oh man, the PCC shoot. How much is one of those? I don't want to be, I don't want to be down there in 30th place. The guy winning single sacks in 30th place at an area match. I want to take a shot to win up top. It looks way cooler. And I think, I personally think that, the practice score combined button itself has had a huge impact on what divisions uh, people choose to shoot in our sport. And with the creation of carry optics and PCC, it's given people more access to higher capacity, faster guns, faster overall guns in a stage with dots than it ever had before. I mean, it was always like, oh, we all know the open guns are going to win, but no one's dropping used car money on a gun. Or three, four guns because you know if you want to be serious, you got to buy a couple. But now you know PCCs are relatively inexpensive. I mean, they're right up there with your top end carry optics guns where they start, right? A really good, a really good PCCs, you can still be under fifteen hundred for a completed gun. Yeah. Which a top, yeah, that's a top I mean, open that, honestly the 
I mean, an open gun starts at double that, right? Even a used gun is twenty five hundred. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think even twenty. I don't think twenty five hundred will touch anything good. I don't know what the. I don't know what the Tanfos. They, like I don't know what those are going for, but yeah. uh, but I mean you know what they I'm might saying. Be, they might be in that twenty five hundred range. Yeah, it's completely changed the way we look at scores. I mean, I was talking to a friend the other day that started about the same time uh, you did, Jeff, and that's the only way he's ever looked at scores. He just logs into his club match and and clicks on combined. And so to him, that's the only way he's ever looked at it. I mean, if Jeremy and I want to know who won between us, we'd have had to sit down and do math long form. We'd have had to get some yeah. graph paper out and write our hit factors down for each stage. Uh, you know, so I personally think that that has changed the way newcomers see the sport. Oh man, I've, I'm gonna, I'm, I've, I've understood the fact that I'm about to go dump fifteen hundred dollars on a tricked-out Tanfo or a carry optics, you know, gun or a PCC. Well, why wouldn't I want to be at the top of this list that I look at every Sunday? You know, it definitely influences, and unfortunately for Revolver, all the old FUDs are going to PCC because uh, then they don't have to reload. They don't. They have a dot they can shoot at. So you guys are probably PCCs probably hurt Revolver pretty bad because normally well, the I just old FUDs are that, in Revolver. You know, when I talk to newer shooters or people been Boomer. shooting for a year for a year or two, <laughs> that uh, you know they're walking around with a rifle. They don't have to put a bunch of gear on their belt. They don't have to walk around with weight on them. They don't have to worry about doing reloads where they just look at me and they go, what are you doing? Like, you know, and you go to their social media and they'll show themselves taking third at a club match. And that's, that's what mattered to them. Right. Yeah. Except for Jeff Cotham that beats him with a single stack. Totally. No, I mean, I think, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, it's for killing divisions. Uh, PCC needs to PCC should not be competing with handguns. I don't think that's good for the sport. You know, uh, I brought I this it, up. I think PCC is fine, but it should be its own division, its own matches. PCC thought, only matches. I thought the same thing, and I brought that up with some USPSA leadership. I was uh, having dinner with Mike Foley, and he goes, yeah, which weekend in your club has an open hole to schedule another match? And I go, oh. Uh, that's for majors. I would uh, Local matches, I would leave PCC in the locals uh, yeah. because it's on the local level, but I think level two and above. Uh, it, they should be standalone matches. And I think we're starting to see that. I think we're starting to see, um, you know, them have their own nationals. And there's all kinds of not only USPSA, but outlaw matches now too, right? For, there uh, are, yes. Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think that's excellent. But it also, I mean, if you go back to the complete origins of this sport, it's kind of evolved a little bit now. But let's say that I'm going to take whatever it is, a revolver, an open gun, a PCC, whatever it is, and I'm going to go engage you know, 32 rounds. Well, what's better, rifle or handgun? Well, what's a better way to have that argument than, you know, an open gun and a PCC go head-to-head? And you start to see the the benefits, the pluses and minuses of each platform. I mean, there's a bay at my local club that's narrow. It's it's historically known for basically snow fence hallways. And the PCCs just get killed in there. I mean, they get stuck. They're backing up. They're taking steps that nobody else had to take. And that starts to make people, you know, the rifle guy around the house go, wait a second. This isn't the best idea I've ever had. Or the shotgun guy around the house start to rethink, you know, other things. I mean, that's really going down a rabbit hole. But it really does start to bring up the option of what's better in what situation. If that's how you – I mean, that's how I originally got in the sport was learning to use my carry gear and learning what was most effective. Yeah. I just – for me, like – 
rifles are starting to influence how stages are built uh, and people are building stages that that are that have stuff in it to test a rifle um and i i think at any point if a if a if a stage is being built to test a rifle and it's not a it's not a pistol thing uh then i think that's a bad thing for the sport if you're asking pistol shooters to shoot stuff at 50 60 70 yards or something like that or they're you know they're putting just crazy stuff out there that's that actually test a rifle because I think that's the deal. Like we're not testing what people do with rifles. We're just shooting rifles. Like it's just there's no aiming. It's just who can pull the trigger the fastest. Right now, Max has an unbelievable trigger speed, uh, and he's like he's unbeatable with the so PCC right now. So fast, I think he got thrown out of a match for it once, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he did. Uh, but I mean, even that's... before that became um, PCC became a thing. You could go to your club match and go to a stage and be like, oh, this was set up by an open shooter. For sure. Uh, and that's, I mean, I, I think that's at least still, that's still in the realm of a pistol. Uh, yeah. That's still at least, I mean, yeah, it's a dot versus irons, but that's, that's you're still at least with a pistol. Um, and I'll say that people don't set up ridiculous stuff with for handguns um, that aren't PCZ related. But yeah, I think they the do. point they when totally it starts, do. yeah, but what the point whenever PCC stuff when mass directors start saying, "Man, those PCC guys, I'm gonna get them here. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really make them suffer here." Something, anything like that. If that enters the thought process on stage design, I think then PCCs become a detriment. Yeah, and totally the other way around too. I mean, you don't want to see a, a PCC match director go, "Oh, watch me hose all the pistol guys right here. Let me, let me go ahead and skew the complete result with this target or this array." Yeah, I yeah. mean, if I was shooting PCC, I wouldn't want to shoot all pistol stages i mean yeah, yeah sometimes shooting like a real compact stage like you're talking about like that's a good challenge to test your skills uh but yeah there's a if i was shooting pcc i would want to have some rifle only matches let's let's see what these pistol caliber carbines can do at 100 maybe even 200 yards can they can they go that distance and can you still lob them in there and, and be good i don't honestly i don't i assume they can i mean i've i had a customer shoot a one of my guns like 300 yards and he hit some steel with it so i guess pistols can do that but um you know that's that's just my take on it. if we're killing divisions uh, that'd be what i'd do with it but i'd probably kill revolver too then you'd be forced <laughs> to shoot a, a different gun or i'd shoot a revolver in production just to make you mad i mean that's that, i mean that would be where revolver would go uh to me like wh where does revolver go i think you make it a category in production um you recognize it just like just like you do with lady or senior or whatever, and you can you can recognize revolver at that in a category um, is what I would that's what I would do with it. Uh, I can tell you Ashley's in there and she's probably mad at me, huh? No, she can't hear anything. I've got my headphones in. Oh <laughs> bummer! I was hoping she could hear it and then she'd be she'd be yelling at me. I bet she would totally hundred percent agree with you right now. Can that silly oh, wheel gun? Can that silly wheel gun and don't let him go to practice anymore. Oh, she probably would. <laughs> she's she would like totally that. shaking her head at me. I know what would happen. I would go pick up another gun and I'd go right down that rabbit hole we were talking about earlier. I know. That's We got to get you to go down that rabbit hole. That's <laughs> the goal. And that's how Jeremy's going to do it. Jeremy's going to run for president and can it. That's well, right. Okay, what if, what if Jeremy built you a gun? Jeremy has a gun of mine right now. And wait, Jeff, you're going to love this. It's a factory gun. Before I even took possession, I had it mailed straight to Jeremy, and I said, you know what you're looking at? I don't know what I'm dealing with. Just fix the problems. And he goes, it's perfect, straight from the factory. <laughs> oh, holy crap. Who, 
What what factory was that? It's definitely a Kimber. <laughs> it was a Taurus, wasn't it? <laughs> no, but I need to mail you that Taurus. Just you could take it apart and see what's wrong with it. We do need to see the Taurus. No, he mailed me a Ruger that he won off the Nationals uh, prize table, and it's. I mean, I haven't I haven't torn all the way into it yet, but it's. I mean, just just looking precursory from the outside, like uh, it looks like a pretty decent gun. That if you wanted a single stat to get in the game fairly fairly cheap uh in single stack it's it's set up pretty decently which uh, uh is, it really a, good, uh is it one of those canig ones yeah i don't think i don't know if those are that all that cheap i think street price is 15 or 16 for those yeah that's not yeah. bad though coming coming from mr Moneybags over here i mean, well, I mean what's uh what's the shadow more, too? It's, it's more expensive as far as like factory 1911 scale yeah but yeah. it's already got uh it's already got really quality trigger components in it um it's got the canon hammer which is a really good hammer and sear setup uh it's got a magwell i'm pretty sure already um i think it I, does and i think it's a techwell too right yeah it comes with the techwell magwell yeah. um i can't remember the front sight the front sight may need to be changed but it's i'm not so sure that it does i think it's uh, well, Poji runs a big fiber anyway. Um, uh, no, I don't. I run an SDM. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Dawson. Same as you. Oh, you're running a 40? I thought you were running a, a bigger fiber. I used to run a really massive uh, front sight, and I could almost treat it like a like an optic. But at World Shoot, the targets got so hard that I, oh, I had to yeah. change that out. I mean, it was it was another level of hard shots. My targets were completely covering all the brown available, so... That was the last match I shot with um, full-size sights, and I've now switched to a small front like most people. I think what is different from what I do compared to most people, I run a smaller rear than a front sight. So, Jeremy, what are your sights with? Uh, a lot of them are 125. I've got some 115s. What, that's front or rear? Rear. And then what's your front width? 100 i i went to i've i've messed with like 90s uh and stuff and i've just the 125 rear and 100 front is good enough um that i just i just kind of that's fairly and that's pretty universal um that's kind of what most people are running so right now i'm a 100 100 front and rear yeah so not if, a lot of light gives you a lot of precision yeah and if i could go to a 90 rear i would i just can't find one that's that small and basically, if well, I see if, if I you see shot fiber, a I could make one. I think you could make anything. <laughs> I don't. I don't know about wheel guns. I couldn't make one for that. Um, super easy. You need like two stones and a stick. <laughs> That's what they were first built with, right? Yeah. Um, no, if I see if I see fiber in the notch, you know, I'm gonna hit whatever I'm aiming at out to 25. I don't need to. I don't need to worry about centering a notch in a, or I mean a post in a notch. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. I see a lot of people running, you know, 125, 140 rear with a 90 or 100 front. And, and you could have the post in the notch and, and completely miss a target at 25, right? Yeah. 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 The, I think that, I think the, the thought process behind that is then, but you can, you can always find the front sight uh, and then, and you're, you're gonna, you can adjust it. Whereas if you, you got a super narrow rear sight. Uh, that that front sight could be to the left or the right, and you kind of don't necessarily know where it's at. Um, mm. And so it's it's just a little bit harder to find and harder to index. 
and and on a and honestly on a lot of I mean just like you were running that, that huge front site for a long time on most of our stuff uh, you don't need to even if you're running a, a big rear site if you're seeing a fiber like even if you're seeing a fiber you can just you can hammer away like it's good enough you're not trying to trying to center it I do think a 140 rear with a 100 front would be that'd be like that'd be huge um, yeah I wouldn't recommend that but. Hmm. well cool uh i think that's that's all the questions i've got jeff um you got any other questions not now i don't i don't have anything i didn't there was something i was supposed to come back to but i forgot what it was um that's okay yeah we went poji. a bit poji what you got you got anything else no that's all i've got well, cool. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. That was that was enjoyable, and you uh, definitely bring another perspective to uh, around perspective to, to everything. I love perspectives, man. I love yeah. I love how everybody sees things differently. I don't think Jeremy does. I don't think Jeremy appreciates it. Oh, I love. I love different perspectives. It's just more people to argue with. That's, Absolutely. Right. That's perfect. It's, it's more people to tell that their perspective is wrong, right? Exactly. Yep. <laughs> right. No, that's that's good. I think you can you can get a lot just looking in different places. Yeah. That was cool. All right. Well, thanks everybody for stopping by. And uh if uh people want to find you Poji, do you want them to, or do you do you have a website or a Facebook page that you? Jeremy read at <laughs> hotmail.com. Is that what it was? What'd you no, say? No, it's, it's just readpistolsmithing at gmail.com. I'll handle all your fan mail for you. There you go. No, that's perfect. No, uh, Facebook's easiest way to get a hold of me if anybody has revolver questions. Cool. All right, well, that's it. Thanks, everybody. Oh, stop recording, damn it.